Hello everybody and welcome to the Attractions Guide podcast. Today I'm joined by Alex Partlett from Scare Experience. We discuss a lot of things regarding theme parks in the UK, uh, implications COVID-19 has had on said theme parks, and we sit and ramble on about Halloween. So sit back, enjoy the show. So we'll dress the elephant in the room of the uh, COVID-19 around the parks. Um, Obviously, a lot of uh, theme parks have announced that they're going to reopen from the 4th of July. Uh, some opening a little later. What do you think um, the changes are, are going to be, other than obviously the ones that they've already published? Well, I mean, it's not. A, it, I think in many cases, it's not a case of what you think; it's a case of what's actually happening. Because a lot of these parks have put out the guidance already. Um, so, I mean, I can, you know, I've got a few here, for example, that I found for uh, Fort Park and Chessington. So this can be extended across the whole of the Merlin Group. Um, so. Pre-booking tickets, first of all, that's you know that's that is compulsory, I, I believe, for every theme park, yeah. um, particularly for annual pass holders as well. So there's a one-pound booking fee for the Merlin parks, for example, um, where you have to you know prepay your pound and, and you book your slot and then you can go on a set day. And uh, the opening weekend for Open Tower is booked out pretty quickly, so that shows how popular that is. Yeah, um, I mean, I mean, I remember, I remember that day when the the bookings went live. I think you messaged me. Um, and I didn't wake up till because obviously we booked to go on the seventh. We will be um, there on the seventh, yeah. I literally slept in till two o'clock in the afternoon, and by the time I'd woken up and checked the Alton Towers app, the tickets for the fourth had already sold out pretty quickly. Um, so I, I can imagine now it's going to be booked up for quite some time, definitely. Yeah, I mean I've not checked. I've not checked since we booked ours because I don't need to. I'm going now. I've yeah. got my ticket. Um, but yeah, I'd imagine it is booked up. Certainly on the weekends, I would imagine it's booked up for quite a few weeks now. So if you want to get yourself to a park, I'd probably book sooner rather than later, looking at how quickly these things are going. Um, yeah. But I mean, so I mean, other other um, other fairly standard things that are, that are required in the parks. Uh, each park has put up a list of rides which you need to wear a face mask on. In most theme parks, this is the roller coasters and the thrill rides. So, for example, with Fantasy Island, which is obviously a non-Merlin park over in Lincolnshire, uh, they posted theirs yesterday. You need to wear a face mask on their two big roller coasters. So that's the Millennium and the Odyssey. And then you also yeah. need to wear a face mask on Mantis, which is a gyro swing type ride, I think, a bit like Maelstrom. And Going to your point with uh, with Mantis, I can imagine, especially with it being on a... Um, a ride like that where the seats are so close together, I could only yeah. imagine it's going to be running at half its capacity as well as um, people having the face mask on that. Because I am aware that Flamingoland have closed their um, flip-flop, which is inevitably like... Um, it's basically like, a, a clone of Maelstrom. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So they, they've they've already announced that that ride won't be opening. Um so I guess it, I guess it with especially with parks away from Merlin, I guess it'll just be up to them if they want to run the risk of operating rides such as Mantis, especially like Maelstrom um, and and stuff like that. Because when I was checking the Flamingo Land website last night, they they've closed a fair few attractions, um, surprisingly closed a few attractions. Which I sat there mm -hmm. and thought, mm, it's a that is a bit of a debate. In itself, with some of the attractions that they've they've announced to close, I know 
know all the public monorail systems and transport systems are closed, which I expected, but I didn't expect like a a log flume to be closed or um or a ride light flip flop and, and maelstrom and stuff like that. Um, I mean, what I'd, what I'd imagine it is, I mean, if you look at some parks like Lightwater Valley, for example, which have got basically all their major rides closed. So the ultimate shut, Raptor Attack shut, um, there's a, a few other rides there I can't think of off the top of my head. But I suspect in some cases it may well be um, a cost-cutting measure rather than anything else if yeah. the rides are shut. But also if it's impossible to do social distancing on them. So, for example... Um, Alton Towers, they've got uh, Hex shut, Jewel, the dungeons are obviously shut, and um, obviously David Williams is not opening till next year, but we knew that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, basically Alton Towers have got all their dark rides shut, and I think it's the same with Fort Park and Chessington, so I don't think Darren Brown's ghost train's opening. Um, Chessington, I don't know, I've not really seen what they've got, to be honest. Um, but I'd imagine Darren Brown's ghost train's shut. Yeah, I, I well, it, it's it's the same with um, with Alton Towers. They've they've closed Jewel and and Hex, yeah, haven't yeah. they? Yeah. So I can I can especially with with um, with it being a Merlin thing. I think they'll roll that across all their parks, um, closing the rides such as Darren Brown and. Yeah, I'll say any dark rides, any dark rides, sure. Yeah, because of it's, I, I mean, it's understandable because especially with within Hex and stuff with the capacity and how many people they they, they cram into the. The show, uh, the pre-show and stuff like that. Um, there's no way of avoiding social distancing measures mm-hmm. in um, in attractions like that, especially now. I mean, it it's kind of helped now that the government have reduced their social distancing uh, to from two meters to one meter. One which, meter plus that is, so you need a face mask at one meter. Yeah, so I, I can I can certainly imagine that that's definitely helped. Um, you know, parks open a lot more than what they was originally planning to under the two meter rule. Definitely. Um, so that well, that's I can, definitely. I can, imagine, I can imagine what we're going to see now is with the one meter plus rule. Whereas before, say for example, with Nemesis at Alton Towers, with a two meter distancing rule, you would have to have left one completely empty row between groups. Whereas yeah. now, I think because the seats, I believe, are about a meter, a meter and a half away from each other on Nemesis, you can now yeah. have have groups on the rows without having to have a row in between them but obviously the caveat with that is that you have to wear a face mask so i mean if you move on to the whole face mask debate alton towers for example have said that you need a face mask on all the big coasters so you're looking at galactica smiler oblivion nemesis um and then you also need a face mask on runaway mine train spinball wizard i don't think was included actually spinball wizard i think they said no um and then you also need a face mask on marauders mayhem which is fairly obvious because it's a teacup ride and yeah. um, Blade, which you're facing each other on Blade. So again, I can understand that. But basically, basically all the thrill rides, in essence. Yeah. Which I, I think I think it's good because obviously um, they've done everything they possibly could to to make mm-hmm. make sure they can they can reopen. Because obviously, the the implications this this virus has had on on theme parks. I mean, what we're now in uh, the first of July. And the theme park season should have got well underway early March. Theme park, theme park should have been open for getting off for four months now. Yeah, so it's it, it's they've done. I mean, obviously, when we visited Towers uh, for the gardens, you could see some of the the um, the measures that they put in place. And I think I think to be to be fair, people need to. I've been reading quite a few things on social media, and people need to kind of lay off 
these parks and stuff for for making a decision on opening certain attractions or or whatnot. Mm. Because we should feel privileged that that parks are opening uh, in three days' time. I mean, they, they, didn't ha- they didn't have to open. The no, the government could have turned around and said no. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, I 100% agree. I mean, I'm very skeptical of going to a park myself, but I know you can kind of trust the measures that, that these parks have put in place because at the end of the day, safety's priority for, for them, isn't it? So, exactly. um, and especially with the measures that they've introduced looking at the site of Alton Towers at the minute, you know, so even the parking um, will be social distanced. Um, there'll be temperature checks on entry, which we've experienced. Um, a lot more signage informing guests of the safety measures and instructions. Mm. Uh, they've reduced the ticketed capacities, which we've already spoke about, uh, included the booking feature. Yeah, the, um, one, one note on the uh, on the park capacity. I believe the park capacity is going to be uh, very, very low to start off with, so in the first two, three weeks. And then as uh, as the government give more guidance and as COVID-19 begins to work its way out of the uh, out of the system, the uh, yeah. capacity of parks is going to be increased. So at some point, whether it be this year, middle of next year, whatever, parks will be back to full capacity. But that's obviously based on government guidance and it's based on the science. So, Yeah, I mean, the Alton Towers have still got uh, on the website that in order to minimise contact with other parties, custom strategies for individual attractions will include empty rows and empty seats within ride vehicles. So mm-hmm. looking at looking at the image that they've included here, um, it looks like one row is full and the next row is empty. So whether they still maintain that now that they've reduced the to, to one metre plus, that's I, I'm not sure, but they've yet to update their their website i i think i think depending on the i think it would be depending on the coaster ultimately like like i've already said with rides like nemesis if you're allowed at at one meter with a face mask i think nemesis would be a basically full capacity with the exception of a few rows um like so for example you wouldn't be able to sit on the same row as another group you'd only be able to sit on a row with your group but i think they'd be able to put, put another group on the row directly in front of you um but on other rides, I don't know how it's going to work with things like 13, because 13, the seats are definitely a lot closer than a metre. Yeah, and also, so- I mean, this, an interesting one with 13, obviously we've heard for years that 13 can only run full or empty because of the way that the trim brakes were designed on it. Um, yeah. So I don't actually, you know, Alton Towers have set up at the moment, 13 will open, but I don't actually know if it will, because that train, under my understanding, needs to run with full capacity. And if it doesn't, then... Um, then how how are they going to run it? Well, I mean, maybe that's what this image is indicating, especially you know with with thirteen. Um, maybe they, they they may use introduce sandbags. I mean, we've seen it done already with Pleasure Beach um, on the big I one, think, especially. I think sandbags, would work. sandbags would work. Yeah, I I, I think so. They, they'll they'll have definitely spent some time, and they, they, you know, especially looking at. A lot of these parks now have actually been given a, a green check mark um, by Visit England, as in you know we're good to go. So a, a lot of attractions have been put in. A lot of the independent parks have been saying that as well at the moment. So yeah, so so obviously they've they've probably hired in the um, uh, the experts, and and they've obviously thrived off the knowledge of the experts and and implemented their measures. I mean, looking here, they've also stated that some experiences 
will be unavailable to social distancing. So um, I can only imagine sea life's going to be one of those as well. That's um, just looking forward to going and seeing the fish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's... It, that's, it, my, it, that's my day out, Well, it is. I think it will be for a lot of people, especially if you don't like the rides. I mean... Sea life is a good uh, filler attraction, isn't it? Just to go and, yeah. especially to get out, it's, especially if the the weather's bad, it's a nice place to just go in and. I could always, um, um, I suppose I could always go to Fresh Fish and Chips in Forbidden Valley. I would, I thought it's not even there anymore. But if it was, <laughs> go, and grab your, go, go and grab yourself a battered cod from there and chuck it into the Congo River Rapids, and you get the same experience. <laughs> do, do, do you know what, mate? Speaking of that, um, Fresh Fish and Chips that used to be like my go-to eatery at Towers. It was good. I was. I, I was, I like Costa, but I would much rather have that there because that offered something different for the rest of the park. But well, that's that's another, uh, that's that's another topic. You've also stated um, shops, restaurants, and other indoor experiences may be unavailable uh, or have a restriction on the number of guests to help and ensure there's plenty of room. So mm-hmm. maybe the welcome in. Bar might be closed because of his, it is a pretty small space. I hope not, because that's um, the only place I go at all. Yeah, yeah. For me, me and all, I spent a lot of time in uh, in the welcoming. Uh, the good thing towers have introduced is enhanced cleaning uh, and deep cleaning of of uh, of rides and stuff. Definitely, that's a good thing. Sanitization stations and employees wearing masks. Um, They've already released some images of of, um, of the cleaning and stuff. They've also introduced a new menu of offerings of food and drink. Uh, so basically, their feet, you know, they're trying to advertise the grab and go option, other than sitting and dine. So um, it'll, be interesting. it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens with restaurants such as um, what's it called, woodcutters, for example, whether that yeah. will open or not. Um, I would like Possibly. to think that, that maybe not at first, but maybe within the month, because technically restaurants are allowed to open in the UK now. So, I yeah. Don't see so why not. It, well, that's that's it. I'll be I'll be I'll be definitely interested to to find out. And I mean, we'll obviously find out more on Saturday. Unfortunately, we're not going, but um, we'll definitely keep an eye out on socials and stuff to to find out um, what's going on. Also, another good thing that. Um, Alton Towers in, have now introduced COVID nineteen specific training programs to the staff. So the staff who maybe not have been aware of how to prevent it or keep guests safe, they're now trained to do so. Um, nothing has been released on on the specific program, but at least we know uh, Alton Towers. So they, they at least know how to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah, so at least we know when we do go there, there'll be people who are actually knowledgeable about about this stuff. Um, the usual as well, they've they've introduced hygiene screens. You know, if you if you've been into Asda or Tesco at the self checkout, you'll see that they've introduced the hygiene screens there. So there's nothing really new about that. Uh, um, other brands of supermarket are available. Absolutely. Um, and now yeah, I'm looking, <laughs> I mean, I'm looking forward to getting back. Um, it'll be it'll be nice to, to to go back. And the good thing is about the temperature checks is 
any person who's displaying a high temperature above 37.8 degrees associated with fever will not be permitted to enter Alton Towers Resort. Please contact guest services should you have any concerns. So yeah. they are going to um, restrict people from going in. But obviously, you wouldn't really travel to Alton Towers, would you, if you, mm. if you knew you weren't feeling too great? Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I actually, I, I, they said... We've said some experiences may not be available. I think I think that may potentially be more down to staffing rather than actual social distancing. I would I would imagine in some yeah. cases. Uh, and obviously they're trying to phase the whole thing in, so it'll be a case of they open soon. But I mean, when we went in the I, I went literally last weekend, um, and and Towers trading was fairly normal. To be fair, it was open on the final weekend of gardens. You could I mean they yeah. don't have a pick and, they don't have a pick and mix anymore, but that's fairly obvious because you're all handling the same scoop. Um, yeah. So I can completely understand that, but I think everything else was pretty much fairly normal, really. Um, hand sanitizer stations there were, you know, a few around, um, and and obviously social distancing markers in the queue for the tills, and the till queues had actually been moved around a bit. So you now queue individually for each till rather than in one big queue. Um, so that's a little yeah. bit of a change there. But I mean, other than that, towers trading seemed fairly normal, and they also had ten cream eggs for two pounds. So I wasn't complaining. But um, Absolute yeah. bargain, but unfortunately, yeah. I'm going to be, I'm going to be one of them people who says they absolutely despise cream eggs. I <laughs> cannot stand cream eggs. Other brands of chocolate are available. <laughs> yeah, but Cadbury's are definitely my favourite. Um, so moving on then, something that's probably on the last, the last thing on people's minds right now, which will be, uh, spooky season and Halloween. Um, with everything that's going on, I guess it's the last thing on people's minds, but. I guess it would be a good segment to talk about. So you, Alex, being the, the scare expert more than what I am uh, running your own channel, um, do you want to talk a little bit more about your, your channel first? Well, I mean, I, I, would, I certainly wouldn't call it expert. Um, I mean, we, I say we, I um, run a channel called Scare Experience, which I'm sure people are aware of. Uh, we do scare attraction reviews every year. We've started to branch into mid-year uh, reviews as well. So we've started to look at, you know, theme park based attractions as well, such as Walking Dead, the ride. Um, and then obviously things like the dungeons as well. So, you know, I, I'd say the Halloween season and, and whether or not it will happen is, is obviously of particular interest to me and, and the interest of my channel. Um, I think what one thing we can kick off with first of all and, and sort of discuss this is something that actually we weren't really expecting to be released. But uh, I mean, yeah. as, of, as of recording, one thing that came out yesterday was uh, Yorkshire Scaregrounds who run, I believe, York Hallow Scream. Uh, scare event were given the uh, we're good to go um green tick by um the uh, visit britain i think is it visit britain i think uh um, is it england i think yeah so they've basically they've been given the industry standard stamp that a lot of the theme parks have been given to say that they're good to go in terms of the health and safety standards which they're going to need to adhere to that's something i wasn't really expecting to happen i mean i thought you know i'd have imagined that there was things going on behind the scenes for, for halloween but I didn't yeah. imagine that we'd start to see scare parks actually getting that, that accreditation straight away. Um, so that's well, a really good thing to see. Well, the one thing that um, that I noticed uh, a couple of days ago uh, was the um, Dracula attraction, uh, the Dracula experience in Whitby in Yorkshire. Uh, they are planning to open on the 4th of July, along with the other theme parks, uh, running at 10 a.m. till 6 p.m. Uh, they now I have visited this attraction whilst being in Whitby, 
and it's very similar to the likes of Horror Crypt in Blackpool. Um, mm-hmm. there's, there's only one or two actors in there, um, but obviously they must have been given the go-ahead to open, whether they are going to run with actors or not. That's a that's another thing. But as you as we've seen, um, Passage Del Terry in Blackpool also they announced that they was going to open on the 4th of July, then released a statement the day after to say, um, following external government guidelines, they are not going to open now. So what's your take on maybe, do you reckon we will see a full-scale Halloween event this year at the likes of Scarefest and Thought Park? Well, I mean, well, first of all, I think what I'll touch on is um, is the Passage del Terror and, and Dracula experience, first of all. What I'd say yeah. with that is... Um, I would imagine, I mean, I haven't done the Dracula experience for years. It's one of those things that I keep meaning to get back and do. And when I do eventually get back up there, then I will definitely try and bring a review from it. So that's on the cards. Uh, But I seem to remember it being, you know, I don't actually remember actors being a particularly big part of it. I certainly think that Passage del Terra being told that they can't reopen, whereas um, the Dracula experience being told they can, is probably a lot to do with the acting and the the requirement for actors in it. Because Passage del Terra, you can't really do it without actors i mean you could do it but you certainly wouldn't be able to justify charging eight quid for that because it would yeah. be a lot it was it would be a lot different an experience it is obviously you know fundamentally a, a halloween sort of horror type attraction and to have actors in there is part of the experience so i would imagine that the reason they've been told they can't reopen is because they're actor led um yeah whereas i would think with the with from what i remember from the whitby dracula experience that is more sort of i mean obviously you know bram stoker is rumored to have written Dracula while staying in a hotel in Whitby and it is all about the story of how he brought that about um, and, and how the Dracula story is connected to Whitby obviously you know in the original Dracula story he actually landed in Whitby and that's where the original story takes place so I would imagine with that attraction being more about the history and less about the scares they can probably yeah. run it without the actors and that's why it's reopening um, but it's certainly a good thing to see um, but in terms of whether I see Halloween attractions opening this year you know, we're starting to obviously we've mentioned we're starting to see accreditation for you know attractions in terms of you know whether they're good to go or not. We're starting to see a few attractions opening up. Um, you know, the Whitby experience, for example. I I think the way it's going, you know, the cases are going down week in week out. Um, I think uh, you could there are ways you could you could implement the uh, the requirements into these mazes anyway. I think, for example, you could do integrated face masks into the actors' costumes. You could also yeah. make compulsory. You could make it compulsory to wear face masks for the people who are going in there. Make hand sanitizer compulsory, and then of course also send people in in only their family groups. So I think there are ways of doing it. Um, the only I think you know the only difficult thing I can see is in terms of how close up to you the actors can get the scares. I think I can see that being quite difficult to do. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah. I was yeah. I was looking. I was looking the other day on uh, scaretour.co.uk. They're like a really big Halloween attraction review site. Um, And they actually ran a poll, uh, a public poll, um, asking people, do you think scare attractions as we know them, close contact, uh, large groups and close spaces will be able to open successfully this Halloween? Um, 50% of people uh, voted for no. 30% 30% people voted for unsure and uh, 20% of people stated yes. So, I mean, there's definitely a little bit of um, scepticism out there, isn't there? People are, are very 
uh, unsure whether things are going to happen. I know coming from podcasts that I've listened to, they've stated the same. They're not sure. Um, and I think we won't really know, will we, until closer to the dates. I mean, it's good news for Thought Park because they actually, a couple of days ago, announced some dates and times for uh, Scarefest this year. Uh, Fright Nights, shall I say. Um, they are going to be running some dates uh, being a 10 till 5 p.m. only, which we've never seen during Fright Nights before. So they That's an interesting one, yeah. They obviously must think that they're going to be able to run it. Um, obviously, Sean from Theme Park Worldwide the other day, um, whilst at Alton Towers visiting the gardens, heard the attic audio coming from um, the ruins. So that's, I guess, there's some good news. What do you Definitely. make of what do you make of of that video of the attic audio going off? I think you know, there's only one reason you test out that you test audio out, and that's to make sure that it still works so that you can yeah. potentially look at doing the attraction this year. I mean, I have heard on the grapevine from, you know, obviously you, you sort of, you, you hear things, don't you? You, hear, you know, the community is a lot of hearsay. And, and one thing that I am hearing is that as it stands, Scarefest is due to still happen. Um, yeah, subject the, to, subject the, to government guidelines. Well, as of the time of recording this, they are still advertising it on the website that the dates start, I think, is it from the 9th of October? Yeah, it starts a weekend later than it would do usually. Yeah, so it, it's it's good news the fact that they've not um, they've not cancelled it. I mean, looking away from the scare thing as well, that uh, Thought Park and Alton Towers are both still running an Oktoberfest event this year as well, aren't they? So, well, yeah, I mean, um, Thought Park dropped that one out of the blue the other day, didn't they? Which was uh, a surprise, yeah. a, a very welcome well surprise. So, so obviously they, they they can they still think that they'll be able to run events like this. So I I've got no doubt that we will see some sort of uh, Halloween this year, albeit it might not what we we love and used to. But at the end of the day, we we should be we we should be lucky enough that we have actually got these attractions this year. Um, I mean, I've recently been in contact with Farmageddon. Um, they them have told me that. They have everything ready to go. Um, they've been doing things as normal, where they've built everything, what they needed to, everything prepared. So they should still be ready to go for um, for when they run their press event back end of, of September. So they're just waiting for the go-ahead. Um, so I think a lot of attractions are still planning to run this year. Um, you know, like I said... I mean, what do you reckon we could see a, a limited scare maze lineup at the likes of Alton Towers and Fright Nights? What I would say is, um, I reckon you, you're definitely not looking at any new mazes. I would say any new mazes, even yeah. even ones that were on the cards, I would say are just not going to happen. I think scare events this year are going to be quite satisfied with the mazes that they've got. They're not going to want to put in the investment and the expenditure into planning a maze, which obviously the planning would need to start in sort of, you know, the, if say the construction of Alton Towers mazes starts in June, they would need to know what they're going to do with that maze by, I'd say, probably the beginning of the year, like, you know, February, March time. They probably need yeah. to know what they're doing with that. It, it'll probably be in the planning for even longer. I'm, you know, obviously not sure on that because I don't work in the planning department, but I would imagine that even if there was one on the cards, even if they were in the planning stages for it, they would definitely not have started investing in it, you know, during that March to June time when we were in lockdown. Because as far as they were, they were concerned, Scarefest probably wouldn't happen. Um, yeah. I mean, and there's no point all... spending money on, on new mazes when you don't know if the event's going to happen or not. So what I would say is 
that you know we should be satisfied with the events as they are. You know, I think we, if anything, we'll see mazes removed. Um, we're definitely not going to get any new ones, in my opinion. And you know, I'm fine with that. I think that's fair enough. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, looking at after taking a bit of thought about how maybe Alton Towers will run it this year, um, I maybe think that we might see the removal of maybe subspecies. Um, that maze particularly relies on groups being split up, and I don't think you're going to fancy coming in contact with another group, are you, really, uh, realistically? Um, or being in close quarters with somebody. Exactly. So I, I, mean, what, I mean, what they could do with that maze, if it, if it did come back, is they would send you in in your individual family group. But if you're with, like, if you're a couple or if you're in a group of three or something, that suddenly makes it a very different experience. I mean, it, to be fair, you know, it might make it a better experience if it's just you three in there or just, you know, the couple of you in there. It would possibly make it more scary. Um, in fact, yeah. it would, to be fair. But I still, I think, I mean, first of all, you would expect to see subspecies containers out about now um if they were yeah. going to do it obviously we know the attic is fully set up you can see it out from outside the attic has not been taken down at all by the looks of it um i think that's probably ready to go so the attic if, if scarefest does indeed happen i can see the attic happening no problem at all um i think <clears throat> project 42 will probably happen and yeah. oh what's the other one um yeah altonville mine tours is probably still up as well i mean i think when we went, you know, when we went to uh, have a look at the gardens the other week, and you could certainly see from the path around the front of the towers, you could see that all the mine carts were still out. They had a lot of stuff yeah. stored behind there. So I would imagine that, that Skin Snatches is probably still up, you know, pretty much in the same state that it would be at Scarefest. So I think it's just going to be a case of they're going to roll with what they've got, I think. And they, they, they won't, the last thing they're going to want to be doing, especially with social distancing in place, is setting up you know, any anything that they don't need to set up and that includes a new maze. So I think I can I can see if Alton Towers gets to do their their scarefest, I can see a situation where we get Project 42, we get skin snatches, we get the attic and they're on a triple ticket and that's it. Yeah. I mean looking at, at what people have announced in the scare industry this this uh this time round for this year, Twisted Experiences, uh they've announced that they're planning to open the escape room only, but no scare no scare attraction will be opening by them guys this year. Um you know, so I think it may be some parks may operate and some parks might not. Um I think this is where corporate companies like Merlin uh will probably come out on the better side than what like Definitely. parks like Farmageddon and Scare Kingdom because they're only open a certain time of the year but the likes of Alton Towers they have other income coming from other different directions don't they so um I think we may see maybe a, re a reduction of of uh private own scare attractions this year I mean well I, I would I would agree with that to an extent but of course a lot of these um a lot of these more independent scare attractions are at places such as um I can't remember what the farm that Burton Screen Fest is on is called, but it's obviously yeah, a farm you know, year round. It's got the soft play. It's got the different interaction, you know, interactive activities for people. So, and obviously, you know, places like Extreme Screen Park are at Twin Lakes and that I believe is reopening July the 4th. Um, Cause it's, that is classed as a theme park. I believe that is opening July the 4th, but I'm not entirely yeah. sure on that. Um, but a lot, a lot of these events are lucky in the sense that they are going to get a bit of income in before Halloween as well, because they are on these farms. Uh, but I think certainly yeah. I'm not. I think it's, I'm right in saying Farmageddon is actually on a privately owned farm. Um, 
Oh, do you know what? And it's, and it's, not even, it's not even an attraction year round, I don't think. That, that is a, a really good question that I'm going to have to search here um, while we're doing this podcast because I'm pretty sure it is actually on uh, an actual family-run farm, which means you can go and um, you can go and visit uh, any time of the year. I'm just going to double check that just to make sure. I think it's in Ormskirk, isn't it? Um, it is. So I'm looking here, uh, and there's actually nothing to say. It's on, ah, uh, yeah, Farmer Ted's Farm Park. So it is, um, I like uh, Burton Screenfest, where that's okay. a park where you can go uh, all year round. Yeah, you, you, can uh, tell you, can tell, you can tell I've not been to Farmageddon for three years. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, to be fair, it's been, it has been quite a while since I've been as well, because I know with a uh, Farmageddon, it's one of them that sells out very, very quickly. Um, yeah, it was selling quickly. out quickly the year we went. Up at this end of the country. I think I've not done that that uh, attraction since maybe 2013, 2014. Mm-hmm. So it's been a I long time. It, uh, I would have done it 20... Would have been 2016 or 2017. Would have been one of those. I want to say 2017. Uh, first year, of the, yeah, first year of the channel. It would have been 2017. Um, but what, it, I mean, it, it's got a massive, it's got a massive cult following, and it does always book out. Well, what I have just uh, discovered now as well that uh, Farmer Ted's Farm uh, is actually partnered with Sean the Sheep, so they are a partner of Aardvark, uh Production Company, who produced the Chicken Run and uh, Sean the Sheep, and obviously Wallace and Gromit. So they've got a massive, um, uh, they've got a massive uh, sponsorship there. They have a couple mm-hmm. of attractions run uh, under the branding of Sean the Sheep. So uh, that's kind of great news because obviously these these companies are still earning money um, that they can put mm-hmm. into the Halloween the Halloween pot. Um, so that's nice to if, see. Um, if anyone fancies setting up a change.org petition to get a, a, a chicken run theme scare maze this year at Farmageddon, then I will gladly sign it. <laughs> but, you know what? Uh, I, yeah, I would as well. Chicken Run is a very, very good film. I've not watched that in years. Uh, another one is the dun- the dungeons as well. They uh, have announced that they're not going to open as well, haven't they? They have. Um, I would say certainly with the London dungeons. I actually I was watching an interview with Nick Varney the other day. Um, obviously, the the Merlin CEO um, and. The, the reasoning for that, I don't think, is necessarily social distancing is impossible. I think it, the reason is more that places like Alton Towers, places like Fort Park, your theme parks and, and your sort of, you know, the big the bigger Merlin attractions in the UK, they have a quite large um, UK, um, you know, visit a number of UK visitors to them. So Alton Towers yeah. will mainly be visited by, you know, UK citizens, whereas your, your dungeons, your Shrek's Adventure, your Sea Life's, they, especially if they're in London, they tend to be visited more by your foreign tourists. And obviously London, tourism to London is obviously being strongly discouraged at the moment. Um, and there aren't that many people flying into the country anyway. So the dungeons, I, it probably isn't opening because it's just not financially viable for them to open because there isn't the number of tourists going in that enable it to, to operate at a profit. I would imagine that's yeah. why they're not opening. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's the 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 impact that that this virus has had is is massive, isn't it? It's, I mean, 
the parks are only opening in what two days time and the season mm-hmm. should have started in March. So it's the impact it's had on uh, the, the theme park sector and the Halloween sector is, is massive because scare attractions, in my opinion, have become more popular from the last couple of years, especially within the theme park community. Um, you know, everybody loves roller coasters and theme parks, but then when Halloween hits, everybody in the community then starts to visit these Halloween attractions. So I love it's Halloween, nice. obviously. Yeah, I it's easily my favourite time of the year for certain. Uh, while while we're we're talking about Halloween, I actually want to know what your favourite scare maze was. Whatever, or last year. Ever. Oh, e- ever easy decision. The sanctuary at Alton Towers. Nothing yeah, comes close. I, I knew you was going to say that. It's the same for Nothing me as well. Close. The sanctuary is is by far the best uh, maze I've ever done, and I wish. <laughs> You know, for one, I wish they'd bring it back. Um, but secondly, I know if they did bring it back, my expectations might not quite be there for it. Um, because I only I only ever did it in 2014. That was the only year I did it. Um, but it's you know I think it was just it, you know where do you start with that attraction? I think you look for a start. I think the biggest thing I'm sure you'll probably agree with me on this because we've actually you know we discuss this quite a lot anyway, let alone on a podcast, but. Um, I think one of the biggest things that was going for the sanctuary was the fact that you could look at those ruins and you went in through that conservatory and the way it was themed and the way it looked, you could imagine those ruins being an asylum. It was so realistic and it was so well themed yeah. for that. It um, was just- the one thing that I think with, with the sanctuary as well, Alex, is the asylum and hospital uh, theme is very common within scare attractions, but I think Alton Towers nailed the storyline and the theming Definitely. down to a T with that. Mm. You, you, for one, it didn't feel like your typical asylum maze. And two, it was, the story was just, it was so well written. Uh, we attended, that uh, one of the years that was operating during Scarefest, we attended the Towers Times event um, that we had a an hour Q&A with Pete Cliff, the creative uh, manager at the time and uh jerry cannell the the dr Kel, who played dr kelman so they and, I, and I, I definitely um would recommend giving it a watch it's on the towers times youtube channel um they basically sat down and and answered questions and then they also told us how they came about with the idea of the sanctuary it was amazing to sit there and listen to how that started from something on a piece of paper to then becoming one of the best scare attractions to be produced in, in the UK. It, it was a fantastic attraction. I mean, I think another thing that you can touch on in terms of the, the, I mean, there's a lot of good aspects about that attraction. There wasn't really anything I didn't like about it, but another one of the things that was, that was really, really good about that attraction in particular was the way that it built up when you went through it. So you started yeah. off in the conservatory, you queued up, you were briefed obviously by, um, you know, the, the doctors at the front of the at the front of the conservatory before they sent you in. Then you went in through the canteen. Then you went through the dormitories, and you got all like the hospital beds on each side. People jumping out at you from there. Then you went, you know, down into the basement from there, and then you went through the like the marmalisation chamber, which was I remember that being really vivid, like white light in that chamber. Yeah. Um, and and they stopped you there, and they had a little show, and then moved you down. And as you moved through the maze, things sort of got more and more twisted and more and more out of hand. 
but it's just the way that it moved you through from a fairly you know a fairly contemporary um asylum experience into something a little bit more twisted until obviously you ended up in the final strobe maze which in my opinion is the best way to end a scare maze i'm not sure I, i'm just i'm not a fan of of you know i think chainsaw endings are, are you know massively cliche i think we realistically attractions need to try and find other ways of ending i think you know we've, we've seen the chainsaw ending now it's you know we've been there done that and i, I think bring strobe mazes back i think they were a really good way to end scare mazes but um that's sort of diverting off uh, I would agree with, with, with that comment because I think the first maze that I did that actually housed a strobe maze end finale was Terror of the Towers yeah. uh, with yeah. the, the vampire, the bald vampires and the strobe maze. Um, for me... One of the best mazes towers have done. Yeah, exactly. And if you look at the route that they took with um, Project 42... That has a similar style ending with a with a strobe maze, um, you know, not as big and and stuff like that. But they followed that route. The sanctuary followed that route with the strobe maze ending with people in straight jackets. Um, obviously, something very similar with the strobe corridor within Mind Tours, mm-hmm. but not quite as as uh, as well done as your lights of of Taylor Towers. But if you look back and think. Chainsaws are very common. They 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 are really really common. And me particularly, I know that chainsaw's not got a blade. And for me, it doesn't scare me. No, not anymore. It did in subspecies first year, but not anymore. Yeah, because I think subspecies really, uh, especially at Alton Towers, that was the time when Alton Towers moved away from the hands on shoulders, wasn't it? That was the first maze that they they produced. That they could touch you in, touch you in. It was, so, it was, and obviously it was the first maze that wasn't a conga line, hands on the shoulders, and you could split up and you could go your own route. And the route in there was, you know, the endless amounts of different ways and different uh, experiences each time, which made that maze what it was mm. at the time, which was really good. I but, suppose, um, obviously, you you know, you've just mentioned hands on shoulders, looking, you know without wanting to get too off track, looking back at the whole, um, you know, the whole COVID-19 and the scare, and the scare industry. I, another thing I can see really, I mean, even in the wake of, you know, after COVID-19 is gone, I think one of the things yeah. I can see being, you know, got rid of in, in scare attractions is hands on shoulders. I can't yeah. see it happening anymore. To be honest, I think it'd be a godsend for, for attractions anyway, because I'm not a particular fa- uh, big fan of hands on shoulder mazes anyway. Um, it can work, I but I much prefer to be on my own or with a group. Yeah, I, 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 I agree because the, the one thing that I hated about the conga line experience was the person who was at the front of the of the group, they set the pace. Yeah. So I think personally, you've been able to walk. Maybe if they want to run through, let them run through, but you could still take your time to walk through the attraction. Yeah. Well, I and remember me, one of the- one of, um, one of the things that I used to do, like if I was going to, uh, back when Terror of the Towers was at Alton Towers, and obviously we had other hands on shoulders mazes as well. When I used yeah. to go with uh, with my mate Scott, who actually films the Scare Experience videos, um, he's the guy behind the camera. Um, one of the things I used to do is I say, I'd say, you know, one of us go at the front of the group and actually just walk slowly so that people can really, or so that we and other people can actually really sort of enjoy the maze. Because the thing that yeah. I hated more than anything else about a hands on shoulders maze 
if you're going through Terror of the Towers and the person at the front of the group is running through the maze and you can't enjoy it because you only spend five minutes in there because they're so terrified that they want to get out as quick as possible. What is the point? Yeah. You might as well enjoy it. You might as well just enjoy the maze. I I agree. Um, I really do agree. And I think I am, even though everything that's going on at the minute, I am really looking forward to getting back into a scare attraction this year. I don't, I mean, I'll, I I will say, I do think that there will be some sort of um, safe scare um, training there's there. Got be, there's got to be a way of doing it. There has to be a way of yeah. doing it. Yeah, and I, and I think that's the, the, the best thing to leave for, you know, the, the experts and the guys who design these attractions is they'll be implementing ways that they can successfully pull off a scare without uh coming into too close a contact with uh with um with the, the the guests well i mean i've 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 actually just thought of one on the spot to be fair i mean one way that you could do it and any attractions you want to use this i will obviously charge royalties if you want to use this idea but um <laughs> i think one idea you could have is is you could have the actors behind perspex screens behind clear perspex screens and they can jump out at you and obviously slam the window and give you that jump scare with the noise and the slam, and you can obviously see them, but they can't get to you. Yeah. So you could have you could have actors behind perspex screens. That's one way. Yeah, does uh, that that does seem that does seem like a good way of doing it. To be honest, we don't know what the situation is going to be like. I mean, you know, touch wood, we may be in a situation by October time where COVID nineteen is. You know, because obviously in, in, in the in the lifespan of COVID-19, three or four months is a long time. We've seen, you know, we've gone from a thousand deaths a day to under a hundred deaths a day in that period. So if, if you assume that it's going to carry on along the, uh, you know, the same or a similar trajectory, you might be in a situation yeah. where by September, October time, it's pretty much out of the system. In which case you can run the Halloween events fairly normally, but you just don't know at this stage. And that's the problem. It's the uncertainty. Yeah, well, that's. Well, that's it. It's, especially with it being what? So we're in July now. Um, what? How many? How many weeks? Months have we got? Is it Ooh, maybe beginning of July? So eight, twelve. You're looking at around twelve weeks until Halloween season kicks off. Well, because normally now's the time of year, isn't it? That um, the places like towers shut the ruins so they can start the reconstruction of the mazes. Or in terms of this year, they never opened. <laughs> but, well, uh... yeah. Well, yeah. Correct. But yeah, I mean, yeah, you're looking at around twelve weeks until Halloween season. Um, and I don't, I don't think we've been in lockdown for that long, have we? Or it's been about that long since the lockdown. Well, I, I had a look yesterday, and I was placed onto furlough by my company on the twenty third of March. So I've been off for three months. I, I came home from uni. I was booted out of my uni accommodation about the twentieth of March, something like that. So. Yeah, it would have been about the same for me. Yeah, so it's it was around. I think yeah, so it, exactly. It's been three months and one week since um, I was, and I think the fur. I think the the lockdown hit. Uh, I think it maybe was a week after that. Yeah, many games of Warzone have been played during lockdown. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definite for me as well. That I think that's the only thing that's been keeping me sane throughout this period, and obviously. Yeah, and because especially, and you'll know yourself as well for content creators and stuff, um, even during close season, I mean, you'll probably suffer a lot more than what 
um, theme park channels suffer from because you, you know, strictly cover scare experiences. Um, yeah, definitely. You, you know, it's it, it definitely is a. It's been a bit of a, and you, and you can notice with the content that's been put out on YouTube because people are trying to find innovative ways of producing content that one isn't boring, and two, um, you know, it gives someone things to watch. Because I think another thing as well for me is YouTube's kept me saying I've actually been watching, yeah. um, you know, vlogs from other channels from the, the theme park seasons two or three years ago because it kind of is the only thing that's giving you some normality, and that was one of the reasons why I decided to produce a podcast because at the end of the day the a podcast can run through you know through during the season closed season any time of the year mm-hmm. um, and it obviously gives fresh content but the likes of yourself which when the scare season isn't there or it's closed season I don't think there is any attractions that open is there? there's a few that open there's a few that run Christmas events though isn't there so I know oh, uh, yeah. Scare, King, Scare Kingdom do one in Blackburn. They do a um, like a Santa's Grotto kind of thing where it's a Halloween event type thing. They do, they do uh, Valentine's events as well. Yeah, so, so there's, there's, plenty, there's definitely plenty of of, uh, of attractions, isn't there? It's just obviously but here in. Uh, it's it's in terms of the you know, the, the ethos of the, of, you know, the content that I try and make. I think one of the things that I really like doing with Scare Experience is I like, I hate doing the reviews at home. Every review that I've done so far, I've been on, on you know, at that park, at that attraction, and you review yeah. standing outside the attraction there and there. That's one of the things I really like doing. I, to the point where I actually just, I don't want to do the review in my bedroom or in my house because I'd rather be there. So it's a little bit difficult to do content and, and stick to that. But obviously we don't know what the next three months is going to hold. So fingers crossed we're in a position where we can actually get to a few events and i think following on from that as well i think um even if we don't see scare scare mazes opening because we may well not you know they may well say sorry you can't open and that's that's a big possibility i think one thing we may well see is uh, you know theme parks like alton towers opening with the halloween theme in, maybe with the alton ancestors doing their stuff around you know the park roaming acting side of things maybe even yeah. see outdoor scare zones um you know things like the freak show, uh, or um, you know, you know that like Knox Inferno style scare zone that we saw a few years ago. Um, yeah, I, I can see parks doing that. I can see Alton Towers running some sort of Halloween stuff. Whether they're allowed to run the mazes obviously depends a lot on what happens in the next three months. But I think, you know, I think we'll see some form of of Halloween opening, whether that's scare mazes or not. Who knows? Yeah, and I, and I think I think going back to the the thing you just said then about um, maybe scare zones, I think. In my review that I did of Scarefest last year, that is the one thing that Alton Towers was missing last year from a perfect event. Yeah, was scare, it was Scare Zones because for me, Scare Zones are, are a great filler attraction, um, especially with some of the Scare Zones Alton Towers have produced in the past. Mm-hmm. You know, you've had uh, one notable one being Zombie Scare Zone. Which I was just had, about to mention that. Which had various locations across the park. I think they had one in the near the Gold Striker, didn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. The near the golf, and then they had it in um, like Dark Forest. Not Dark Forest. Oh, yeah, yeah, Dark Forest. It was it was up at that that way, just in the um, in like near Woodcutters. I think that's a big opportunity this year. I think if they can't do indoor attractions, 
Alton Towers, like, you know, if, certainly if you look at where it was just outside Dark Forest, the bus is still there. I think a lot of the theme is still there if you look through the fence. So what an opportunity that is. Bring back Zombie Scare Zone. Even if you charge like a pound, two pounds to go through it, open it. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree. And especially if you've got if you've got the theme in there in a maze that isn't open, utilize that theme in, put it outside and make an outdoor scare attraction. Yeah. You know, I mean, could, at we, least. could we see, um, you know, could we see a mine theme scare, mate, a scare zone? You don't know, like, a, like an old yeah. mine type thing. I mean, you you you've seen the upgrade that they made last year with some of the external theming um, outside in the queue line. That could easily be utilised within a um, within a scare zone. Definitely, a hundred percent. I mean, oh. a lot of that uh, a lot of that theming reminded me of uh, the Scary Tale scare zone, uh, which you can still kind of see them reusing some of that theming uh i know it was reused in the welcoming uh yeah. like the the wishing well was was in the welcoming and that was used in scary tale scare zone so you know towers have proved that they they can reuse their um theming so why don't why don't they, they do that especially if the government do say indoor scare attractions can't go ahead this year but outdoor ones can you know, because outdoor, me per, for, for me personally, outdoor is safer than indoor, isn't it? Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, and I think, you know, if you look back at previous scare zones, I mean, Zombie Scare Zone, I think, was fantastic when that was at Alton Towers. Obviously, it ran for quite a few years. One that yeah. I really liked was Scary Tales. I thought Scary Tales was just, it was really well-themed. The lighting was great. They had loads of good effects going on in there. Um, I'd, I'd gladly, gladly have that back. I thought it was brilliant. It was one of the yeah. best scare Towers have done, and you know, if they, if they, if let's say Holton Towers turn around this year and they said, look, we can't do indoor mazes because of COVID nineteen, which is perfectly understandable, but what we're going to do is we're going to do um, scary tales, we're going to do zombie scare zone, and we're mm. going to have the you're going to have scary tales in um, in Gold Strikers, and you're going to have zombies up near Dark Forest, maybe even do the um, I can't remember what the one in Forbidden Valley was called, the roaming zombies in Forbidden Valley, um, Dark Apocalypse, that was it, Dark Apocalypse, um, yeah. Maybe if you just ran those three, had the Alton ancestors, Alton ancestors walking around, and just had Halloween theming, that would do me. I think that would be a perfectly acceptable scare fest. Yeah, I, I would, I would, I would agree with that um, because at the end, you, you know what I mean. Towers have have showed that they can do outdoor attractions. They've shown that they can have the the correct outdoor characters. You know, we've seen them uh, the. Oh, what is it? What was it called? Um, the clown one. They had a clown one, didn't they? Freak show. Um, freak show. Yeah. Freak so they, show. they they can they can do it. So I think personally, especially if you're going to spend all that money, uh, which they 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 would have done anyway of um, opening scare mazes. Why not invest that money into outdoor attractions if it's safe to do so? Definitely. Um, you can, you I mean, can I'm not people outside easily. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'll be honest, I'm not a massive fan of outdoor scare attractions. I never have been because, personally, they're not as scary on the outside than what they are on an inside. But if that's what I can get this year, and that'll be my fix of of of, um, of scare attractions, then so be it. I will take literally anything over nothing. Mm. Uh, and I think that's that's what a lot of people need to be like this year, is not be so criticizing of these attractions if that makes sense yeah i don't it's like 
you know, it, these you know these parks are doing the best they can, really, aren't they? In the current situations, you know, the last thing you want to do is is for Alton Towers to release a you know, release a lineup full of outdoor attractions and for people to get critical with, you know, oh, why aren't you running this? Why aren't you running that? I think it's fairly obvious why they're not running them. If they would, if they were able to run them, you know, when the time comes for Scarefest announcements, if if the attic isn't on there or Skin Snatchers isn't on there, I think there's a fairly obvious reason why it's not, and I don't think it's cost cutting. Um, it's, it is clearly because they are not allowed to open them. Um, so it's just a case of, of, I think, you know, giving them, cutting them a bit of slack this year, giving them a bit of a break uh, and, and supporting them ultimately because COVID is not going to be around forever. And when COVID is gone, and I'll say, you know, when, not if, when it is gone, um, these scare attractions will be back and they will be running normally. So the best thing we can do in the meantime is support these parks, especially the smaller independent ones, um, and yeah. keep them into such a point where we can go and do the, the, the attractions as normal. No, I 100% agree, mate. You know, at, at the end of the day, um, anything is better than nothing this year. Um, and I'm, I am definitely looking forward to getting back to um, attractions, but I'm also looking forward to seeing what they've implemented this year within within the Halloween season. I think that will be, if, we do, if it does go ahead as planned, I think it'll be nice to see that they have put out all the stops to, to bring us some sort of event this year. Yeah, definitely. And I'm sure you're looking forward to, to going and visiting these attractions as well, especially with, uh, with, uh, your, your channel and stuff. Cause obviously during this lockdown and stuff, I bet it's been a bit difficult to produce content, hasn't it? Well, I wouldn't normally be producing much content around now anyway. Um, I think one of the things that we were planning on doing, which we will, we will do it, you know, whenever we can, we, we are in the process of doing reviews for all of the dungeons. So we've done London, we've done Alton Towers, we've done Warwick Castle, um, but we yeah. haven't, we've, even though we've actually been in them, we haven't yet filmed reviews at York uh, or Blackpool Tower or uh, Edinburgh. So one of the things I'll be doing when we can is I'll be going to these places and I'll, be, I'll probably just smash out a road trip in a weekend or three days um, and we'll, we'll go and get the reviews of them. I want to get Blackpool anyway, because Blackpool, in my opinion, is the best dungeon in the UK. Um, yeah. So I'd like to go and get that done. I think I, th I think Blackpool is just it's, the dungeon of Blackpool is leagues ahead of the others. I think just the way you know the shows they've got in there, the theming they've got, and we've, we've never had a bad run through really, have we? You know, like February our turn, and when we you know when we went up last summer, we've never had a, a bad run through Blackpool either. No, I, I, looking back, mate, I, I I can't I can't say we have. I think I've done that attraction now. I think four or five times, and and I've never had a bad run through. It's a brilliant dungeons. I remember, yeah, I think it yeah. might have been February, we, we managed to get uh, two rides on the drop tower. Yeah, we did actually, didn't we? Yeah, we got two rides on the drop tower. So it's, I don't know, it's, it, the, the dungeons are a very good, very good attraction. Uh, and I can't wait to, to go back and experience another one for definite. The dungeons are my favourite mailing attractions. The parks are good, but I mean, I love my history anyway. I love my scare attractions. So it's, it is, you know, if you, if I were to design an attraction, it would be the dungeons. Yeah. <laughs> so it's all really. Yeah, it's going back in history, isn't it? And it's a good, uh, it's a good little trip down to the past of what we've not experienced. So it's good to be able to experience that, isn't it? Definitely, yeah, definitely. Um. So from the uh, the Halloween segment, do you is there anything more you you want to add on that? Um. Not really. I think we've I think we've covered most of it. Obviously, a lot of it is just pure speculation at the moment, really, isn't it? Yeah. Um, 
but I think you know we put a few ideas out there in terms of what we could see. Obviously, we're we're not you know even though I do videos, even though you do podcasts and you do YouTube content, we're not in the industry. You know, we don't know what's going to happen. I don't think that's the biggest thing about the whole situation. Nobody knows what's going to happen with these attractions this year, um, and it's just yeah. a case of, of trying to sort of sit there and, and think about how they could do it um, and basically just hoping that they can really. Yeah, and 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 going back to the point of it's it like you said we're not in the industry, so we kind of have to listen out to the news that that other people get anyway. At the same time, don't we? And then we just have to make it, you know, fluff it up into some nice words, and then uh, distribute it out for for the listeners and and the and the watchers of of, of the content. So uh, I'm sure when we do visit Alton Towers on the um seventh we may even see some indication that you know we might get a full scare fest this year we never know fingers crossed you'll never know what you're going to see up there uh, i doubt the ruins will be open obviously the uh the dark attractions won't be open so i think they've, they've actually said attractions like hex and um jewel and a few others are actually just shut in definitely aren't they um, yeah so you know who knows what we'll see i mean I think we're all just looking towards opening weekend and thinking, what are we going to see? I think, you know, a lot of people are going there on the Saturday and the Sunday. I, when I was saying to you, let's organise this trip, I actually thought, well, I'd rather not go on the opening weekend because I want to sort of get an idea and a feel from people who are going there on the Saturday and Sunday from social media, what the situation is before we go. Do you know what? I will agree with that. Even though I did sleep in that morning that the tickets went out, um, I didn't, for one... I didn't want to go opening weekend because even though I really do want to get back to a park, I think one, it'll be too busy um, because they'll be the busiest days, especially weekends. Mm-hmm. And um, I kind of wanted to, to see the, um, the new things that they brought put into place before I then have to go and experience them for myself. But what I will say is I am planning to bring a video of my trip to uh, Alton Towers to showcase the um, the new stuff that they're going to bring, um, you know, so the new the new um, the new restrictions that they put in place, and what it's like to visit these parks during um, the restrictions that we've got. So I am going to bring a, a video or maybe a podcast episode to talk about what they've introduced and what measures to bring. So um, I'm I looking think, forward. Uh, to- I think everyone in the community is going to be doing the same thing. I, I, you know, I imagine the the amount of content on Monday after the park's opening weekend. You know, oh, vlog, vlog. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be absolutely mental. And I, to be fair, I'm actually looking forward to seeing it because when we went to the gardens the other week, um, I just wish some of the rides was open. It was nice to be in the park again. But looking at Wickerman and knowing you can't go on it. Exactly. Exactly, but we'll uh, we'll we'll leave that there until obviously other things come out because there's not much to talk about really, is there? When um, when nothing's open, it's just pure speculation at the moment. But I think you know what we've what we've done on this podcast really is you know look at what we could potentially see and and like we say, you know, we're looking a bit far into the future with the scare events, but I think you know seeing what event what may happen with those and, and having a speculation, I think. There's no, there's no harm in, in speculating and thinking what if and, and, you know, being optimistic and assuming that these events are going to run this year. 
Absolutely. And and what I will say as well, news coming out of Alton Towers the other day, that Blade is back in operation. So every, everybody thought Blade was going to be departing the park. Um, and, well, Alton Towers released a video the other day, didn't they, on their Twitter account of uh, the Blade undergoing its testing. So that's nice. You know, the hashtag pray for Blade and hashtag save Blade uh, obviously must have... Must have worked. It's a shame we couldn't do the same with something like Ripsaw. Blade be like, we're back and we're ready to do it all over again. <laughs> until it's pulled down into pieces next time it needs yeah. some maintenance and the speculation. Until it, then... until it ends up in a car park in Hyder Park. Like Ripsaw. <laughs> <laughs> and it becomes a, it becomes a travelling ride instead of a, a permanent one. But no, uh, I've actually enjoyed uh, recording this. Um, and it's been good to, to hear your... Uh, expertise or your knowledge about the the scare industry and, and maybe speculate on what um on what we can see maybe this year or what implementations. Yeah, I think I think expertise, I think expertise is pushing it, but yeah, speculation certainly. <laughs> um, so where can people find your uh, your uh, social medias and your channels, Alex? Uh, well, I mean, Scare Experience, we are only a channel. We're not on social media. Um, we may eventually have a website, but as, as of now, it is only a YouTube channel. Easiest way of finding us is just type in Scare Experience on YouTube, and it should be the first result. Fantastic. And, and what we will do is we'll link the channel in the description. This will be uploaded to Spotify Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and iTunes, uh, as well as uh, on YouTube, so in the show notes below, we'll release all uh, links and social media channels on there. Um, I've been Jack. Thank you very much for listening to the first episode. Uh, so over to you, Alex, to to, to end it. Yeah, I just you know, I've been Alex from Scary Experience, and that's that's basically the end of the podcast now, isn't it? So I'll thank leave you. Thank you very much for listening. Um, you know, we're, we're gonna try and keep these podcasts as, as frequent as possible. Not too frequent because who wants to sit here for an hour and listen to, uh, to us chat. Um, but yeah, so we're looking forward to getting back to the parks on the 7th of July. Make sure you like comment, subscribe and turn the notification bells on for when we upload in the future. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you in the next one. Goodbye.